Please turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 6. I don't know whether to jump right in the middle of it or start. I think I'll start at the beginning and just get you all up to speed and then we'll go from there. Acts chapter 6. Remember again we are talking about the supernatural church. That's what I've titled this series. And um, it is something that I believe has been lost. The idea of a supernatural church. You know, we look at the church as a very natural thing now, and it has become one of the organizations in the earth. Uh, and, you know, it's not. It was never meant to be one of the organizations in the earth. It was meant to be a supernatural body in this earth. Jesus himself said, you know, he said, my kingdom is not of this earth. He said, if it was, <laughs> you'd all be in trouble. <laughs> you know? He's, because remember when he was being interrogated? And the, the, because they had lied, you know, the, the, the Jews were lying about everything. And, uh, you know, they, they had lied to the Roman government and said he's a threat to, to the Roman government because he's preaching all kinds of things and trying to take over. And he said, no, no, no. My kingdom is not of this earth. Amen? And so we need to remember that it is a kingdom not of this earth. And when Jesus also prayed, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he was establishing the way the church was meant to work. Amen? According to the principles of heaven, not the earth. It was meant to be on a whole other level. And there were so many things given to us in, so that we could operate in that level of spirituality, in that level of uh, miracles and the supernatural. And so, you know, I don't know how else to put this, but you know, we were meant to operate on a whole other level. When the world said it was impossible, we were meant to stand up and say, with God all things are possible. When the world said we can't do anything about this, we were meant to say there is a God who heals. There is a God who can make this right. Are you all with me? And so, that, you know, for us to get to that place, we need to believe. These signs will follow those who believe. It won't follow those who don't believe. And it is really sad that the way that the church has just sucked all that out you know, and said all that passed away. None of those miracles and stuff happen anymore. And all you have to do is read 1 Corinthians. Chapter 12, one of the most carnal people in the planet. And, you know, the Apostle Paul talks about the gifts in that book. I think that's extraordinary, or that letter, okay? I think that's extraordinary. And he says, all of you have a tongue and all of you... <laughs> These people, you know, I tell you, if they can have it, it didn't pass away. It's still going on. Amen? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it needs to be done decently and in order. Okay? But again, it shows us that it was something that was working. And we've taken that away. And the church, sadly, because they didn't know how to operate, and I think it comes from the leadership down. You know, I think sometimes we get so caught up in, and when I say we, I'm using the royal we, okay? <laughs> Not me. Okay, but, <laughs> you know, we, we got so caught up in how do we build the church from a natural standpoint, get more numbers, make bigger buildings, 
that we didn't spend time doing what Acts said we should do. So let's read what Acts said we should do. Acts chapter 6 and verse 2, Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should build bigger buildings and worry about building codes. And have to talk to the... And I'm going, this is not in my Bible. No, no. <laughs> okay? It's in the spirit of what's being said here. That we don't get caught up in all the stuff, <laughs> in all the stuff that don't really matter. Hmm? And he says here uh, that we should leave the word of God and do all of these things. He said it's not desirable that we do that. We should never leave the word of God and get caught up in all this stuff. Because what happens is then we start preaching a gospel that is natural. And then we, we, we can't even understand what the word is saying. Because it's so far beyond us. We, we lose the capacity to be able to read something and say, wow, we should be aiming for that. Instead, we go, well, that's not working in my life, so I'm going to tell the whole church that's not for us today. Because I'm not operating in it. Are you all with me? And that's really what started happening. And people based what they preached on how it worked in their life. Or didn't work. <laughs> okay? Amen? And Jesus was very clear. He said, this will only work for those who believe. And I've said this to you over and over again. My job here is to get you to the place where you believe. That's why I said if people are taking faith out of you, stop listening to that stuff. If they say it can't, turn it off. I'm serious. Because faith for anything comes by hearing and hearing. And if you hear can't enough, you'll become a can't person doesn't make any sense. But then you know what I'm trying to say, okay? <laughs> if you hear all things are possible, you will become an all things are possible person. You hear it enough and something happens. Words do something. It's been scientifically proven now. All right? And so notice he says, therefore seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, could be women as well now, okay? Of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, that we may appoint over this business, okay, of serving the body. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. So he says this, see, this is what allowed them to grow the church supernaturally. Because they gave themselves to prayer and the word, so they were listening to God, receiving instruction from God, receiving revelation, and, and walking in the power of God, because they had spent time with God and His power. <laughs> Do you understand? When you spend time with God, you're spending time with power. Woo! There's a lot of power there, man. I tell you, Moses came down from the mountain and they had to put a bag over him because he kept everybody up at night. Because he was glowing. They say, we can't sleep, man. It's a problem. <laughs> I think that, you know, that tells us something. Old Testament, Jesus hadn't gone to the cross and there's a dude with the glory of God all over him. Come on now. Now Jesus has gone to the cross. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And God is meant to be coming back for a glorious church. Amen. 
It should be so apparent, those that are a part of God's family and those that aren't. We should literally be kind of shining out. Amen, anyway. All right. But it's not going to happen if, we, if, if this doesn't happen first. Amen? All right. So we looked at Ephesians chapter 4. I'm not going to look at it in detail today, okay? But I just want to bring it to your attention that we looked at the way that this was going to happen now, the way that the body would grow. And I want to draw your attention maybe just to uh, one verse in Ephesians 4. Uh, it, um, actually, uh, verses 11 and 12. He says, And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12, For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Okay, and I also want you to notice the next part says, for the edifying of the body of Christ. There is something very special that, again, the fivefold ministry was meant to equip the body for the work of the ministry. And for them, you know, also, and this is a group thing, that we were meant to edify each other. It was meant to be for the edifying of the body of Christ, not for the pulling down. It's only through edification. See, if people won't do much if they don't believe in themselves, what God is doing in them and through them, that God is on their side, that they have a special relationship with God. First John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, wonderful verses. We need revelation on them, okay? Because it says, Beloved, now are we the children of God. Okay, he says, Behold, what manner of love. Verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love. The Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. And then he says, verse 2, Beloved, no! <laughs> okay? He says, we are. No, we're trying to be. Not just that we're called, but we actually are the sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. That's a revelation that we need in order to walk in this supernatural realm. If we're children... See, Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So, when we were born again, we were born again from above. We were born of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And when we were born of God, something happened. We got gifts placed on the inside of us. We started looking at that in Romans chapter 12. So let's go there. Romans chapter 12. And we're going to look at this in a little bit more detail now. And this is what I want to really focus in on in the next section that we're going to look at. And that is, they, they call the motivational gifts. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a really right uh, name for them. Uh, I want to give you some preliminary thoughts. These may change as I go. I just want to let you know. I have been looking at the words in the actual Greek. Not what everybody said this is talking about. Because something, I was, being, I was annoyed by something. You know, when I sit down and start studying, that happens to me. It's a thing. Okay, because I've got a gift working in me. And because I, when I look at something, when something annoys me, I know something is off. And I was looking at these gifts, and I said, Lord, something is off. I don't know what it is, but something is just off. 
And I know it was God saying to me, something is off. And I began to realize something that we took all the, all the things that Romans chapter 12 talk about and naturalized it. It was a spiritual gift. And let's see. Let's read and see what it says. Okay? Let's see what the Bible says. Not what brother so-and-so said. And not what everybody else copying brother so-and-so said. Hello. Okay? <laughs> so it says here, he, I, we have to start in verse 1. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, holy, not W-H, but H-O-L-Y, okay? Holy, <laughs> acceptable to God. Yeah. Why do you have to do this? Because he's going, to, he's going to mention something later on that requires you to do this. Don't forget this verse when we hit verses 6 through 8, which lists the gifts. Because he started here saying, this requires you to give your body up as a living sacrifice. You're with me. So everything that we do, you see, that told me something else. If you have to give your body up as a living sacrifice, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are motivated to do the stuff he's about to tell you. You may have a gift that's gnawing at you that you're not motivated to do. Are you all with me? That's what I'm saying. I don't know if it should be ever called the motivational gifts. They're gifts. They're there. <laughs> and if it's scratching away on the inside of you, listen to it. Let God work through you, through it. You might be surprised at what you all can do. You know, I think the hardest road is the one that we don't want to take but has the greatest rewards because God walks with us. That's right. And it's not something we can naturally do. It is something that happens supernaturally. And you really shine out and prove to everybody the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So let's keep reading. Spat on my notes. All right. <laughs> so notice he says again, I beseech you, it's a begging, okay? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's, in some places it says your spiritual service. Now, without going into too much detail, okay? Uh, let me just read you one quote. William Hendrickson writes, Paul is thinking about the action of worshipping, the wholehearted consecration of heart, mind, will, words, and deeds. In fact, of all one is, has, and does to God. I really like that. Are you getting this? A wholehearted thing, okay? He says nothing less. And to the Apostle Paul, this is only logical and reasonable. He says after everything God has done for you, this is just logical that you do this. And it's reasonable. Pause. I need to pause here because we, we say to God, it's not, it's, it's not reasonable, God. You know, it wasn't reasonable for Jesus to go to the cross and die a horrible death. It was an unreasonable thing. He did something for us. He didn't do anything wrong. He was willing to die for us. Can we at least give ourselves over to him to do something good with us? It's not like he wants to beat us. 
<laughs> he wants us to shine in some way that we have no idea there's something in there that's ready to come out and shine. Hallelujah. Verse 2. He tells us how this is to be done. You know, I've preached on these verses from a different standpoint, from a very general standpoint. Today we have to stay specific, okay? All right. He says in verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world. See, and then let me read it. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, again, without going into too much detail, okay? The key elements here are not to be outwardly conformed, I'm just going to add a few words, all right, just to help you with this. Not to be outwardly conformed to this world, okay, but to be inwardly transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, one of the things that we need to be careful is we're not allowing the world to come and, you know, kind of tell us how to dress and how to look chic and how to do this and how to do that. It's okay, look nice, I don't care. But don't go weird with it. Don't let that be everything about you. Don't let the outside exterior be everything there is about you. It, you need to be transformed on the inside. And you need that to be what's important about you. Amen? Why am I saying this? Because a lot of people don't want to be embarrassed and step into their gift just in case. I got a rep to protect. <laughs> Forget about it. You lost it when you were born again. Your reputation now is in God. Amen? And you should only be concerned about what he thinks. Now, he's not... You know, a square. You all know what that means. Okay, he won't get upset with you dressing up and stuff. Go for it. He'll in fact help you with your accessories. He knows how to accessorize really well. But don't let that be all there is to you. Amen? Okay. Verse 3. I need to get through this to get to where we need to get to. He says, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you. So he's talking to who? Everyone. everyone. This is really important. Not to think of himself or herself more highly than he ought to think or she ought to think, but to think soberly or exercise sound judgment as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Why is he saying this now? Because we're going to get to a place where one might say, well, my gift is better than your gift. Um, you know, I got the prof prophecy one. What are you, serving tables? Yeah, get away from me, you. <laughs> okay? He's saying, don't ever do that. These are, let's read, read. Uh, you'll see why. He says, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, thank God, otherwise we'd all be doing the same thing, fighting over the same thing, and there'll be things that never get done. Are you all here? He says, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So this is really interesting. He says, listen, we are all a part of one body. 
All right? We are meant to be looking out for each other. And I'm, I'm going to add a few things here, okay? And we should not be competing with each other. But we should look to complete each other. In everything that we do, you know, we sort of look at it and say, okay, you're doing that. Thank God, because I hate doing that. Okay? <laughs> you know, that's what the way we should look, rather than going, oh, you're doing that. Oh, you pee on you. Or looking at things, oh, they're doing that, and I'm doing nothing over here, and I'm so little and useless. Don't do stuff like that. You stop doing your stuff, and somebody else has to step in and do what they are not designed to do because you're not doing it, because you think it's below you. Yep. Are you all with me? This, the, you know, there is no difference. They are all expressions of God. Jesus walked in all of these. They're all expressions of Christ. Amen? Where are we? Okay. <laughs> uh, I've got several things. I said, first of all, notice, it is God the Father who has dealt to each one of us the measure of faith required to operate in the gifts that are to follow. Second, even though we are all members of one body, we all have different functions and will therefore have different things that drive us and that we'll be passionate about. And knowing this, that we don't get mad at others for not feeling the same way we do about things. Hello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have to be so careful. That we are mad with people because we don't, they don't think the way we do. They are not mad about the things we are mad about or passionate about the things we are passionate about. Because that's a gift working in you. Yeah. That's wonderful. You're getting to know something about yourself. And something that God wants to do. And it may have been something that you didn't have for a long time. And you got in the Word and suddenly these things start coming up. Remember their spiritual gifts. Which means that the Word activates them. Let me say it again. There are spiritual gifts, which means they require the Word to activate them. They are not natural gifts. See, I read a listing of gifts once, and I mean they listed everything. You know, and one of them was music, and singing, and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, no, you're born with that. So let me just share this with you very quickly. You are born with some natural gifts and talents. You know, when you are born, God actually puts some things in you. Are you all with me? They come from Him. How you use that now is up to you. Because it's not spiritual. It's natural. So you can take it out in the world and make a million bucks. Or you can submit it to God and, and you know... Make more millions, because God is not... <laughs> God will always pay you back. But you know what I'm trying to say? You can do it your way or God's way. But it's yours to do with. That's not... See, that's a natural gifting. All right? Now what God will do is anoint the thing. <laughs> okay? That's where people get mixed up. That they sort of take the thing that God anoints, and then something miraculous and amazing happens. You sing notes that you never sung before. You know, hit sort of notes. I was going to say hit notes that you've never hit before, and do things that you just think, "Gosh!" And I know we we know I know people that had come into our church, and you know they would play an instrument, and they said, "We can't play the way we play in this church anywhere else," 
because the anointing gets all over them and they do things beyond their natural ability. But it's a natural ability submitted to God that God anoints and does something with. Does that mean when they walk out of the church they can't play? No, they can still play. Are you all with me? So that's natural. This is supernatural. This is something else altogether. And if we don't recognize this as supernatural, we'll mix them up. And we'll start thinking that the natural thing that we're doing is, you know, that's my gifting. That's a talent. That's a gift on another, on another realm. Don't get it mixed up. What we're talking about are things that will make the church supernatural in its operation. Now, you're with me. See, this, if we don't recognize this, then it will not be the church that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail over. It will be a church that the gates will prevail over, which is what's happening right now to most of the church, sadly. Anyway. When you think about your gift, you know, <laughs> when I said don't get mad at others, I want to take you to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to show you something. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, for we are his, that's God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, I spoke to you about Mark chapter 16, good works. And these signs will follow those who believe, okay? And we also talked about John chapter 14, verse 12. All right, and, and greater works than these shall you do. But I, wondered, I want to also add, see, God has given us so many things. Isn't it wonderful how much God put inside of us? Right. It's sad how little we're doing, <laughs> okay? But <laughs> there is something else that God planned and designed and destined for us to do. And this verse brings it out. W watch what it says. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand we should, that we should walk in them. Now, this is not a predestination thing. Don't get into that silliness. All right? This is about he was hoping and waiting that you would say yes. And just like parents who, you know, if a mommy is preggers, okay, pregnant, okay, going to have a kid, they don't wait till the kid comes before they make the room up. Are you kidding me? I mean, they try to check to see, you know, what sex it is because we don't need to know what color to paint the walls. We need to know what blankies to buy. And if you're not sure, buy green. It works both ways. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. You know, it's, it's because we are planning ahead. Are you with me? You think God would do anything less? When you got saved, he does not look and go, Chrissy, you got saved? Hey, I better come up with a plan. Uh, give me a minute. One moment, please. <laughs> Quick, make up a plan. How dumb is that? As soon as Chrissy says yes, he says, I had stuff planned for you. Let me show you. That's what this is talking about. And you go, woohoo, that's a great plan. I wish I'd come earlier. He goes, I wish you did too, but never mind. Okay, I can redeem your time. Don't worry about it. Let's just go from here. <laughs> okay? You know, again, it's really sad. What happens when people misinterpret scripture and they take something away and they lose out on something that was really special? That's what was so special. That's why we try to bring people to the Lord. Because he's got a plan for them. Amen? Hallelujah. But now I want you to see something here. 
Notice it says that God has planned things for us to do, which then tells us something. There are things that we need to do, and other people shouldn't guilt us into trying to do stuff they were created to do. Da -da 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 -da. Did you get what I just said? You need to remember this verse when you're getting mad about something or someone because they don't feel the way you do. Because they have been created and destined to do something. And sweetheart, it may not be what you're doing. In fact, it shouldn't be what you're doing because you're doing what you're doing and you're taking care of that side of things. They need to do what they want to do because you're not going to do that. And you don't want to do that. <laughs> okay, all right. So I've said here, in other words, we all have things that God prepared for us to do. And it's not right for any one person to dominate and insist that everyone follow after what they are passionate about and do what God has asked them to do. Back to Romans 12 and verse 6 now. It goes on to say, Having then gifts deferring according to the grace that is given to us. Having then gifts deferring. Obviously the Apostle Paul saw this as well. He said, you have very different gifts. Alright, and notice he goes on to say, According to the grace that is given to us. These gifts are God's gift of grace to each one of us. It's a great, I call it a grace gift. That's why I said, I don't, know, I don't know if I want to call it a motivational gift. I want to call it a grace gift because that's what this says. Are you all here? It's a grace gift. Okay? And he says again, let us use them. But that's what? Let's sit down and let somebody else do it. Is not what it says. <laughs> okay? It says, let us use them, which tells me something. If he has to tell us to use it, it tells us, it tells me that maybe not everybody wants to use him. They're not so motivated to do it. Hello? Are you all with me? Are you all here? Is this too early in the morning? No? Okay, all right, this is good. Okay. <laughs> That's why, you are, the reason I'm saying all of this, the reason I'm doing this, is so that we, maybe we miss something. Maybe we were waiting to be motivated by something and nothing motivated us. And we woke up in the morning, we're like, Ugh, I'm not motivated. I don't have a gift. I have no motivation. <laughs> Can I just be real? Huh? You may not be motivated, but you'll be led. <laughs> Those who are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God, not motivated. God leads you. What do you want to do with that leading? That's up to you. And you are responsible for that. And if you are taught the wrong thing. See, I think the church has missed out on the power because we've been taught all the wrong things. So I want to bring this back to the way it should be taught. Amen. So that we start to listen and realize that if we are being led to do something, it may not motivate us. But, and also the other thing, you know, because sometimes people say, I have no gifts, I have no motivations whatsoever. What's wrong with me? Yeah, but do you have a leading? Oh yeah, I got plenty of those, but no motivation. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> because leadings you can say no to. Motivations generally is something you can't help yourself doing. 
I'm motivated to eat everything on that, you know. Okay. It's like, you know, too much motivation. So, you know, that, that's, that's not God, okay. I'm just saying, you know, we, we might have motivations, but that's not what this is talking about. These are gifts of grace. They have been placed in you. God will lead you to do something. And your flesh might be screaming. Have you noticed your flesh doesn't like to do a lot of stuff? In fact, if you give your flesh an opportunity, it will do nothing. It just wants to win the lottery, stay at home, watch TV, and do nothing else with your life. And then later on, regret that you didn't do anything with your life. Boy, it's a wonderful little vicious circle, isn't it? <laughs> okay. The thing that we don't want to do is the thing that causes us grief at the end. And when we do the things that we don't want to do, but we do it anyway, it causes us the greatest joy at the end. I'm just telling you, that's the, those are the gifts of grace. That's how they operate. That's what we're going to be looking at. Don't wait to be motivated. Wait to be led and say yes to the leading. Amen? It says again, having then gifts deferring. According to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. And it says, first of all, it says, if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Now, the literal text is, actually says, if prophecy, and the let us prophesy isn't actually there. They put it in for a reason, and it's okay, but I just want to let you know that the literal text actually just says, if prophesy according to the proportion of your faith. It's a funny sentence. That's why they put a little bit in there. To, remember they said, let's use them? So if prophecy, then you prophesy according to, notice again, the proportion of your faith. Remember, this, these are all faith gifts. They won't say this for every gift, but we need to read it into every gift because these are faith things. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, nor walk in the things in His kingdom. I added the last bit. <laughs> okay? Everything, that's why it says, you know, that the just shall live and have their life sustained by faith. All of this is faith. Are you with me? This is, this, this is where I feel like a lot of the denominational churches have lost this. They don't know how to walk by faith. All right. <clears throat> now, <laughs> let me tell you something shocking and then leave you. Because right? <laughs> everybody that has preached on this stuff has said, oh, no, 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 this is an actual prophecy, prophecy. This is just the way you look at things. Okay? Who's heard that one? Yeah? yeah that's that's, that's uh, what I learned. Okay? That you're very black and white in the way you see things and so on and so forth. You know what the Greek word there is? doesn't say any of that stuff. The Greek word is the same Greek word that is used in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 14. And Jesus is speaking. He uses this word when he says, And in them the prophecy, that's the same word, of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. Now, I don't want to preach on what he actually said, but I want to draw your attention to the way the word is used to say that it is something that was foretold, 
Because that's what the actual dictionary meaning is. It says in the complete word study Greek dictionary that this Greek word is a prophecy, and it says this, okay? A prophecy is uh, something that any believer may proclaim as telling forth God's word. This, however, does not make him or her a prophet, as described in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, which is a different word. Okay? So, but I need you to see something. This, you know, because we, I, I want you to see this for a reason. Because we have downgraded these gifts. Okay? And we made them kind of natural. And we, we attach them to attitudes. When it isn't, it is spiritual. This person, this is where you start. This is where you learn how to trust God in what you're doing. Please get what I'm, what I'm saying here as we close, okay? Because otherwise none of the rest will work. You won't understand any of the others if you don't get what I'm saying right now. This is a supernatural gift. Say supernatural. Okay, it's not natural. It's a supernatural gift. Like I said, which requires the Word of God and God Himself to activate the thing. It came from Him. He will activate it through His Word. Because things will jump out from the word according to your gift, by the way. <laughs> okay? So the prophet will read all the stuff that, you know, that they're sort of, that will feed that gift. Can I, can I use that word? All right? And, and that's what they'll be preaching to everybody. Are they wrong? No, we need that. But I need you to understand that it is spiritual, it is supernatural, and what they're saying need to be heeded. Yeah, but they're not a fivefold ministry prophet. Don't see again. If you do that, then you're missing the point that God is speaking through them. Did you remember what happened in Acts? They said, let us hand this over to who? People who are just natural and have no idea about spiritual things. It's not what it said. They said, full of the Holy Ghost. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're walking in gifts. Remember Stephen? Dear Lord. Miracles and signs and wonders. This guy was... Hello. Nothing natural about that. Do you, do you see what I'm trying to say? He was a body gift. Can I use that word? <laughs> okay. He was in fivefold ministry because they said, we are off to pray. And side of the word, you go do your stuff and miracles and stuff. Interesting, isn't it? What I want to do, I, I'm closing with this, I promise, okay? <laughs> I want to say more, but we'll pick it up next week. This is supernatural. Everything that we are going to be learning about is supernatural. I am sorry if you have learned these like I did, to be more naturalistic, all right? To be kind of natural motivations, and we're kind of naturally motivated to do certain things. And if somebody doesn't do that, oh well. And they get to use the excuse, well, um, I don't have that motivational gift. We're all meant to help. We're all meant to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. When we get to the gifts of the Spirit, and we'll get to them, because it's all a part of this, because that, like this, is for everybody. The difference is this, there are gifts given to you here. With that one, the Spirit will move through anybody who lets Him in any way He wants. 
But they're both for everybody in one way or another. Do you all with me? Okay. So we have to go look at that. Because that's what makes the church supernatural church. But how do you think you get there? You learn to walk in something that has been gifted to you by faith. You allow the supernatural to start working in you from the moment you get saved. God gives you a little gift and he goes, I have a prezi for you. That's how the Australians say it. You know, present, prezi, okay? And he gives you something, he puts something in there. And then you feel led to do stuff and you're going, I don't know. And then it's up to you to be obedient to that. You are learning how to walk by faith. And then when you get to the place where the Spirit wants to move through you, you've already exercised your faith. Are you with me? And I'll leave you there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And I just thank you, Father, for bringing the supernatural back into the church. I thank you, Lord, that as we learn about these things, that we will do as you desired for us to do, and that is walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. That we learn to be obedient to your voice. That we don't just wait for a motivation to happen. That if we are being led to do something, regardless of how we feel, we will do those things. Because the Apostle James says it's the doer of the word that is blessed, not just the hearer. And so I just thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that as we progress through this series, that each and every one of us submit our will to you, are obedient to you, and do as you say, not how we feel, but as you say, Lord, as you direct us. That the Bible tells us and Proverbs tells us that the steps of the righteous are ordered. Therefore, we need to take steps as you lead us. And you will order them. In Jesus' name. Amen.